Good morning, Wisconsin. 8.34. Every Monday after a Packers game, we do our Monday morning quarterback. Today is no different. It's, of course, sponsored by Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino. And joining me as he does post-Packers game is Greg Matzik. Good morning, Greg. Yeah, how's it going? Good. So, yesterday, Packers snapped their two-game losing streak. They, they beat the Dolphins 31-12. I was at the game. I was impressed at some points during the, during the game, I was really impressed with Aaron Jones and his running. What were your takeaways from uh, the victory yesterday at Lambeau Field? Yeah, Mike McCarthy has said for years how running the football in November and in December is a recipe to win, especially at Lambeau Field. So, you know, I think finally, I think a lot of fans saw what they were hoping to see, and that's a concerted effort to get Aaron Jones the football. If you look at the first two series, I mean, he touched the ball a ton, and he had 125 yards in the first two series alone. Uh, which included a 67-yard run as well. So uh, I, I thought it was important to get that going. I was curious to see what sort of split there would be with he and Jamal Williams, 15 carries for Jones, just three for Williams. And you saw why. I, Jamal Williams has a role in this offense, and it's an important role, I believe. But you, you don't have many home run hitters on offense. I mean, really explosive players. But Aaron Jones is clearly one of them. So uh, explosive plays in football games will lead to wins, and it did last night. As always, you can weigh in the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620. We welcome your calls and texts. So I, I was listening to you after the game on the, on the ride home, and, and it's all about playmakers. Aaron Jones stepped up big time yesterday. Devontae Adams, Mr. Consistency on offense. Aaron Rodgers doing what he does. But the name Raven Green was not one I was expecting to talk about this morning. He had a heck of a game. No, it, it, you know, it's another uh, classic example of an undrafted rookie free agent stepping into a, a bigger role. Now, uh, you had a couple different players who you probably didn't recognize by name or by number on the field yesterday. Uh, that was due in part to the injury. So Kevin King remains injured. Bashad Breland left that game with an injury. Kentrell Bryce went down with an injury. These guys all out of the secondary. Jermaine Whitehead was released a week ago. Haha Clinton Dix was traded. Uh, you see where I'm going at. I mean, you're getting pretty thin, but. You know, the guys performed well against a backup quarterback and an offense that is not very explosive. Um, what the Dolphins do best on offense is typically run the football. Uh, that showed, I thought, early. With Brock Osweiler, they're just not a, a vertical passing threat. It's going to be much different on Thursday against Russell Wilson. A couple of the negatives. The, uh, the special teams gave up a, a fake punt. Uh, they had the blocked punts. They've had some trouble in the past few weeks. Is Ron Zook in any... Uh, worry about his position as special teams coach, do you think? Well, you just start to look at the resume here and what's happened over the last few weeks. I, I always try and separate what I believe could be held to the coordinator and could be held to the player. For example, Jermon Williams fumbled. I can't hang that on Ron Zook. He had a 19-yard return. Something was going right, and then he fumbled the football. Mm -hmm. Mason Crosby's missed field goals against Detroit. Again, I don't hang that on Ron Zook. I hang that on Mason Crosby. But when I look at the amount of the, the block punts, the fakes that are being run against the Packers, Ty Montgomery's decision back in Los Angeles to, to take a ball out of the end zone. To me, that stuff falls on the coach. And, and now you're starting to stack a lot of negatives in that column for Ron Zook. So a missed field goal, that's not on the coordinator. But this collection of mistakes with coverage units and, and the amount of penalties and lack of awareness, to me that does fall on coaching. So I, I think it's it's – it's been problematic the last few weeks, and you certainly don't want it to cost you a game. And the other side of the of the, of the story there is is offense, and it's Aaron Rodgers. And for 
as a storyline we've seen play out throughout the season, the throwaways, that, that was a situation that happened yesterday on, on a few occasions. And also the miscommunication, it seemed like, including between arguably the best receiver, De- Devontae Adams, and future Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers. What do you think is going on there? You know, I think with some of the younger receivers, it's it's a little bit of, uh, yeah, pardon the term here, but it's a little bit of babysitting um, and, and kind of adjusting and, and doing stuff on the fly. Um, Aaron has practiced the last couple of weeks, so you'd like to think those timing issues um, it could be rectified. Um, it seems like they're happening more now than they were when he wasn't practicing mm-hmm. throughout the course of the week. Uh, with Adams, I, I don't really know what to make of that. I, I don't know who that was on. Is it on Rodgers? Is it on Adams? He had back-to-back plays where Adams had single coverage. And when Aaron Rodgers sees single coverage on Devontae Adams, he's going to put it there because he trusts Adams to make a play. Um, and, and they were not on the same page. So I, I'm sure that's something they look at in film study. As far as the throwaways, you know, it was down from eight to I counted three yesterday, mm-hmm. so maybe a step in the right direction. But, again, the running game was more of a focal point than it was against New England, so that, that probably factored into it. Um, but I had argued on my show throughout the week last week that maybe taking the ball out of one Aaron's hands and putting it more into another Aaron's hands would benefit the Packers' offense. That was not disrespectful to Aaron Rodgers, but he was under duress 19 times against New England. If you want to balance that out, get a good running game going and be able to use play action. And the Packers were able to do that yesterday, and Rodgers uh, was flushed out of the pocket at times, but he was not under duress near as much as he was against New England. After the break, I want to, I want to dig into the Aaron, Aaron Jones story a little bit deeper. We're talking to Greg Matzik, Monday morning quarterback, presented by Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. Also got some text coming in with, with some questions. The big decision by McCarthy to go for it on at fourth down, midfield, second quarter. What do you think of that? Greg Matzik joining me, Monday morning quarterback, right here in WTMJ. Great run by Aaron Jones early in that game. Kind of got the crowd going, got the team going, and, and that leads me, Greg Matzik, joining me on Monday morning quarterback, sponsored by Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. Got a question from Dennis uh, from Green Lake. Why is it taking so long for McCarthy to let Jones be the featured back? This guy's been a spark plug every time he's gotten the ball this year, except for the fumble and strip last week. So is it finally time for Aaron Jones to be the guy? Has Mike McCarthy made that uh, made that uh, leap now? Well, he's made it clear by what we saw yesterday, but uh, this is a move that should have been made three weeks ago, and I don't know why it wasn't either. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, Jamal Williams is a fine back. I don't want to take anything away from him, but if you look at the amount of explosive runs from a guy like Aaron Jones in the course of three weeks versus what Williams has done in a season and a half, I mean, it's quite obvious who the most explosive player on the field is. And there was some talk about, you know, Aaron Jones' pass-blocking ability and things along that line, and, you know, when could you trust him and when could you not in that situation. There were some games that got a little out of hand with the the score, but in my opinion, those were early enough in the season where Jones was kind of getting his feet wet after that suspension. And he should have been the feature back the last several weeks. Um, Eliminating Ty Montgomery from the situation, I think, helped uh, that as well, but... I think it's a move a little bit too late in the game, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm I'm thankful that it's here now. I think it's going to be Aaron Jones from here on out, and you're going to see that split. Um, but it seems to me that this could have taken place three weeks ago. You know, a lot of people want to talk about the 67-yard run, but I was impressed also with the, the two-yard run that got into the end zone. He fought hard to get that touchdown. That's an example, I think, of what Aaron, Aaron Jones can deliver for the Packers. That's why, as you said, this, this should have been a no-brainer decision three weeks ago. Well, it's it's... You know, he is. He runs a little bit more forceful than you would think between the tackles. But he has he has a knack for just kind of keeping his legs moving and, and not really losing steam as he's trying to sift through traffic. Um, and Jamal Williams is a, is a fall-forward kind of guy, kind of like James Starks was, and that's helpful too. Um, 
but you've got three, really, I think, playmakers on offense, three explosive guys. Adams is one. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scampling is another, and, and Aaron Jones. And after that, you really don't have much in terms of explosion. So those guys need to get the ball. If you look at the distribution yesterday with Jones, MVS, and Adams, Jones had the carries. MVS and Adams were targeted both seven times. Uh, Jones was targeted five times. So it's very clear that uh, the goal was to get playmakers involved, and, and that's what ultimately helped lead to the win. I think Aaron, uh, Aaron I was going to say Aaron uh, Adams. Devontae Adams, I think, has a nine touchdown catches now in, in, in the nine games that we played. Is he an elite receiver in the NFL? Is he getting the credit he deserves? He's getting the treatment of an elite receiver. Yeah, if you look at what New England did, they double-teamed him quite a bit. They were going to try and let somebody else beat them. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling almost did. Uh, he's getting consistent shadow looks and safety over-the-top kind of help. Um, it, it's not often that you'll see one-on-one coverage, just Adams and, and a defender in front of him. If you do, that's when Rodgers tends to give Adams a shot to go after the ball. Um, but he's being treated like a number one receiver by opposing defenses. And, uh, it, it's certainly well deserved. I mean, this guy is a beast off the line of scrimmage. He fights in traffic to, uh, high point footballs. He's tough over the middle. Does everything you want. He's absolutely one of the game's best. Greg Matzik joining, joining me for Monday morning quarterback presented by Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. Bobby from Kenosha on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line asked the question, what do you think of the decision by McCarthy to go for it on fourth down at midfield in the second quarter? Didn't work out for them. Smart call, bad call. What do you think? Uh, I didn't have a problem with it at all. A um, couple things I was thinking about at that time. Number one, the defense have been playing pretty well. So I think Mike McCarthy felt uh, okay about his team's chances to, to hold on defense in that situation. And as it stands, Miami did not get into the end zone at all. Now, the other thing I was thinking about is if you get a score there, if you get another touchdown, can you start to step on the gas a little bit and put this Miami team away on a short week when you know you've got to fly across country to Seattle? Can you get to a point where your lead is comfortable enough where you might be able to pull some of your regulars out of the game and get them some more rest? I thought that may have been something. That's at least what I was thinking about. I'm not sure if coaches in the heat of the moment think about that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. um, my thought was, hey, let's, let's go for a kill shot here, try and get a nice, sizable lead at halftime, and try and pull starters when you get it to maybe the fourth quarter. From the two six two, is it too early to get excited considering they beat a horrible backup quarterback that was with, without both starting tackles? What do you think, Greg? Well, excited is relative. Um, that's, that's, that's up to you, right? Does that excite you to beat Brock Osweiler at Lambeau Field, a, a warm-weather team? Well, maybe not be exciting, but it was a win, and it was a critical win. Now you have to double it up, and uh, you, you get a win here on the road at Seattle. Now things become a little interesting. Now you're 5-4-1. and one. Seattle becomes 4-6. and six. The Eagles lost last night. The Cowboys, I think, have a pulse, but I don't think they're that good of a team. I don't think they're a playoff-quality team. Uh, Atlanta struggled yesterday, so you've got this really bulky and muddy middle class of the NFL and a, and a few big dogs. You've got the Rams and you've got the Saints in the NFC and the, the Redskins by record, uh, maybe part of that equation as well. But otherwise, there's a lot of teams fighting for position right now. Everybody has warts. Nobody's perfect. I like the Packers quarterback better than all those teams. Um, but you got to get some victories, and it starts on Thursday. You get two victories in five days. Now, all of a sudden, things look pretty interesting. That's a great segue to our next segment, uh, the, the Seattle hey. Thursday Nighters. So we're talking to Greg Matzik, Monday morning quarterback. 
Sponsored by Potawatomi Hotel Casino. More with Greg and Monday Morning Quarterback next. You can weigh in, 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage talking text lines. Steve Scafidi with you on this Monday morning right here on WTMJ. That's a guy having a heck of a season for the Green Bay Packers. Devontae Adams' ninth touchdown catch of the year. Greg Matzik joining me on Monday Morning Quarterback. Sponsored by Potawatomi Hotel Casino. All right, Greg, big game Thursday night. It's been a place of uh, horror for the Packers. We can go back to the Fail Mary and, of course, the uh, 2014 NFC Championship game. But every season's different, as Coach McCarthy likes to say. Packers are a little banged up as they head to Seattle for the Thursday nighter. They are. Uh, we'll see what the injury report says today. And I know they're going to do their main media day tomorrow, so I'll be in Green Bay for the latest. And then they're going to leave, actually, Tuesday night to get to Seattle. It's been a strange few weeks here with the schedule. And, I don't think the NFL did Green Bay any favors by flexing a noon game to 325 yesterday. Against do we know why that happened? Why did, why did they move that game? I, I really don't know what goes into it. Um, usually it's uh, you, you try and move the, the highest profile matchup into that equation. I, I don't think the NFL is trying to even the playing field, so to speak, by having uh, both Seattle and Green Bay kick off at 325 on the road. Seattle gets to go home, by the way, after being in Los Angeles while the Packers have to fly across country after playing a home game. I'm not sure why they did it. did not make a lot of sense to me, given the Packers' schedule. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was frustrated about it after the game. You can't do anything about that. Um, the injuries are a concern. Um, and it's kind of a wait-and-see approach, unfortunately, but the secondary is pretty beat up. Nick Perry also uh, was affected during yesterday's game. So, uh, And Randall Cobb didn't play in yesterday's game, so hopefully the week off gets him back to being healthy. So. I, that's something you just have to, to. We'll see. It's kind of we'll see what the injury report dictates. But Packers could be a little short-handed going into Thursday night's game. Greg Matzik joining me for Monday Morning Quarterbacks, presented by Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. So the NFC North: Chicago, Minnesota. I think they actually play this weekend. The, the Packers at four, four and one, and then the Lions suffering through another uh, horrible season. What should we make about the Packers' chances to uh, jump back on top in the NFC North? Is it doable? You think with with the current situation in Green Bay? Well, it's mathematically doable, sure. Um, and I guess another question is that is how much do you believe in the Vikings and how much do you believe that the Bears' 6-3 and three record is for real? Um, I watched the Bears play yesterday against a team that is, is very confusing to me in the Detroit Lions, but Detroit looks defeated to me uh, early on in that game. Um, but the Bears have a legit defense, and their offense is, is tailored to the strengths of a, of a young second-year quarterback who was doing a lot of the right things. And it's, uh, it was, I thought, a, a brilliant game plan by Matt Nagy. It was an offensive guru. I mean, he's, he's, he's got that offense doing things that you maybe thought they weren't going to be able to do until uh, maybe next year or the year after. But I mean, they're 6-3 and three and leading the division. It's not a joke. It's not a fluke. But as you mentioned, Steve, the, the Vikings and Bears are going to play each other on uh, Sunday night football. So I, they're going to start beating up on each other a little bit here, too. The Packers have played three of their uh, their six division games. They still have a few more to go, mm-hmm. um, including uh, next week against Minnesota. So if you want to win the division, you got to win within the division. And at this point, the Packers are sort of in that middle of the pack. But as I mentioned before, uh, there's a lot of average in the NFC right now, including Dallas and Philly. They're both four and five in the NFC East. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are four and five. Seattle's a four and five team in second place in the West. Um, and then you've got Carolina, who's actually looking pretty good at six and three. Um, you also have uh, Minnesota, as I mentioned. They're kind of like where the Packers are right now, uh, just haven't had their bye week. So it'll be an interesting finish. But step number one for the Packers was getting a win on Sunday, and you have to double it up. Uh, if you don't double it up against Seattle on Thursday night, now you're down to maybe 
being able to absorb one more loss the rest of your season to keep your playoff hopes alive. We were talking about Aaron Jones earlier. Dave from West Bend weighing in on the Academic Mortgage Talking Text Line says, I hope the Packers run the ball as they can keep the 12th man out. That, for me, that's the key. If you can keep keep that ground game going, it lets Aaron Rodgers do more with the ball. That's, I think, the keys to success on Thursday night in, in Seattle. Turn Aaron Jones loose. I'm telling you, turn him loose. Just let him rip it. And I, I love Aaron Rodgers, and he's been phenomenal. But if you want to keep Aaron upright and healthy and making good decisions as a quarterback, have a running game. Have a second and three. Have a third and one. I mean, just you know, try and get into those manageable situations instead of dropping your quarterback back to pass 50 times and letting teams tee off on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a recipe for disaster, and we've seen it throughout the season. So uh, still a tough place to play in Seattle. I don't believe their defense is what it was three years ago. Uh, it's still a, a talented team. They play hard. Uh, their backs are against the wall like the Packers. Uh, if, if you want to go so far as to say the loser is out, I, I don't think that's too dramatic if you look at this way, uh, the game this way, because you're talking about tiebreaker situations getting involved at the end of the year. This is a huge game, man. I mean, it's, it's certainly worthy of Thursday night football. I'm sure from the Packers' standpoint, they'd much rather play this on Sunday or Monday. That's Greg Matzek. This is Monday Morning Quarterback, sponsored by Potawatomi Hotel Casino. We'll be back on Friday, Greg. All right, guys. That's Greg Matzik. Uh It was a great win yesterday, but uh, a short turnaround Thursday night or Seattle Packers should be a good game. And for the Packers, it's always about redemption when you play the, the uh, Seattle football franchise. We shall see what happens. After the break, James Wigderson, the editor of Right Wisconsin, joins me. Plenty to talk about, of course, politics front and center in that discussion. That's next right here in WTMJ.